I'm mindful of Luke, the 24th chapter and the 29th verse of the men that were walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus walked along with them and they were talking about the resurrection and all those things and they told him as they came to evening time abide with us it is toward evening and the day is far or well spent our day has been far and well spent and tonight what a joy that we can abide and within the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and God Almighty to spend time in a study of the Word of God because your family matters. Your families matter. And how thankful we are that we can be here tonight and, and to look at those things. It's good to see the foxes. Mike and I have a tremendous history that we both were blessed to serve the East Side Congregation in Cleveland, Tennessee, Mike in the 80s to the early 90s. And I came along in the early 2000s till about 2019. And we have a lot of good memories there. And, and although we did not work together, we talk about a lot of the special brethren that are still there and many who have gone home, Mike, to be with the Lord and how thankful we are for their memories and how they hold dear to us. Renita and I often talk that the Lord brought us there at the right time. And then the Lord moved us onward at the right time. And so we're thankful for that. Ronald, and this morning John mentioned about my work at International Gospel Hour. When you leave the door there, if you exit, you all got a lot of doors here. <laughs> I look around and y'all coming from everywhere. I don't know where to go greet people. I should just stand in one spot and let you see if you drop by. But whatever works for you, I'm all for it. But on the table in the back there, I brought a few things, newsletters, pens, some stickers and things, and, and I appreciate their kind words about our work. If you'd like to hear our program on Sunday mornings, 104.1 out of Carthage, the ranch has us on at 7 o'clock. So if you're up and you're preparing, turn the radio on. On Saturday morning at 845, uh, Livingston's WLIV 920-101.9 has our 15-minute weekly broadcast that the Brethren at the Livingston Church of Christ uh, support that work and open the door for us to be on the radio there. If you have a smartphone or an Android, you know, everybody walks around with one of these things in their pocket. Half of the world's population walks around with one of these. If you go to your App Store or Google Play where you download apps to put on your phone, download the International Gospel Hour app and you can hear our programs when you want to. A dear young lady back there tonight said, I have downloaded your app and I appreciate that. And I told her because of that tomorrow night when I preached on young people, her sins will not be touched. And so, uh, so I again, download the app. You have access to our audio, even to our video as well through our YouTube channel. We're blessed to do the work that we do and uh, grateful and love your encouragement along the way. So you use that for anything you wish in your studies. I'll tell you something that a homeschooling mama did. She told me, she said, we use your daily broadcast as our chapel or our devotional before we get our day started or when we pause for our chapel. I thought that's pretty neat. And that uh, homeschooling mamas are using our work for that. And for that, I am very grateful and hope it will help her in any way possible and her family. We want to help ladies. We want to help mamas. 
And tonight we come to this portion of our series, Your Family Matters, Because of the Wife and the Mother. Brother Tisdale, if you'll bring up our text that you brought up moments ago, I want you to note a line in the text from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. Now, we know how the account ends. We know that Samuel is the child that she was blessed with, how she was blessed with that child, and Hannah loved that child and gave Samuel back to the Lord. And then we learn, well, there's two books written, the book of First and Second Samuel and his impact in the Lord's kingdom. How beautiful it is to read that. So we know how it ends, but it begins very sadly. But I want you to notice, if you will, the second to the last line, actually it starts third to the last to the second of the last, something that stands out of this sweet lady. I mean, here is one who was provoked. She was constantly aggravated. She was belittled, sad to the point of weeping, unable to bear a child, and we just feel sorry. As we would say where I was raised, we right feel sorry for that poor little thing. Bless her heart. And when you look at her, there's something about her beautiful attitude. Notice with me, third line, far right to the second line at the bottom. She went up to the house of the Lord. I've known of individuals when troubles would rise, sadness, struggles. It seems that the one thing they do is what they should not do, and that is pull away from the Lord and His church like that's really going to help solve the problem. And it's tragic when people do that. Hannah did not do that. She knew where to go. What a godly example of this beautiful woman. Now this morning we spent time talking about husbands and talking about daddies. And I appreciate Titus's kind remarks at the end. Titus made the comment there that sometimes husbands really take a beating. I've got to tell you this story. I know you have Alan Webster coming your way uh, another year or two, I believe, next year. And Alan is a good one. And I treasure my friendship with Alan through polishing the pulpit, thank the world of Alan and his family, and love Alan. And for a number of years, the Jacksonville Congregation, now the Midway Church in Jasper, Alabama, would oversee the marriage retreat that would happen every year, and still does, February, in the Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area. And I looked at Alan one time, and I said, Alan, why is it that some of these seminars about marriage wind up being husband beating one-on-one? It's like the husband cannot do anything right. I said, why don't you put a session in there? Sometimes the wife is wrong. He said, you want to do it? <laughs> and I called his bluff. I said, yeah, I'll do it. Do you know wives and mamas and women can be wrong? Do you know why? Because you're human. See, I read in a book one time, this man wrote to the church in the big city of Rome, and he put it this way, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. When we talk about because of the wife and mother as we did the approach this morning, 
to correct what we need to correct, but encourage what we need to encourage, we do the same tonight. I've had two or three women tell me that they were afraid to come back tonight, but they made it anyway. Ladies, if there's a group of folks that need encouraging, it's you. You know, the Lord created the world in all its beauty. When he finished creating, he looked down and he said, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. I will help me, I will make him a help meet. And that's when the first recorded record, first record of anesthesiology came into effect. And Adam went to sleep and from his side she took a rib. Or rather God took a rib and created her woman. She shall be taken from man. I don't know who had the credit for writing this, but it's many years ago. An individual pen, did you notice that God did not take the bone from the foot of Adam? Because he did not want woman to be stepped upon. He did not take bone from the skull of Adam because he did not design woman to be above man. But he took the rib from man's side so that woman could be beside him and be his friend and help him meet. If you don't think there's a lot of truth in that, Stand beside a gentleman who's lost his wife after 50, 60, 70 years of marriage and keep your mouth shut and learn from him. I treasure my bride. I, I treasure her. Thankful for what she does for me. Grateful for what women can do. And I'm going to tell you something. Women are strong. We talk a lot about a mama bear and her cubs. Don't ever get between a mama bear and her cubs. But if you really want wrath to rise up, you let a husband be crossed by somebody or you let a child be crossed and you watch that mama, that wife rise up. She could take out that mama bear in two rounds. Women are strong. Women are powerful. Women, tonight you may not be a spouse. You may have lost your mate. You still have a good example because you can show and remind these young ladies and younger ladies what it's all about. Remember Titus 2 from this morning. Young women... Teens, early 20s, you need to get some of these things down now. Because I promise you there are fellows out there that are looking for the right woman to spend their life with. And when you take a fine young Christian woman and a fine young Christian man and they're striving to meet the Lord and they're striving to live for him, it's because they are going to have a family that matters. Ladies, tonight I want to introduce you to a girlfriend in your circle. Do you ever notice how girls, ladies, will kind of pull off to a side at a dinner or somewhere and they start talking? And boy, you don't let up. It is known that women enjoy talking with other women and how, you know, brothers, that's how they're made. We as men, we sit around and we kind of talk and grunt, but ladies really get into conversation. 
Well, tonight I want to bring Hannah into your circle. Girlfriend, I want to bring another girlfriend into your circle. I want you to look at me tonight of this beautiful lady, and I don't know of any other way to let you know you matter and your family matters by just spending time looking at that phrase, she went up to the house of the Lord. You think about it, tonight here we are in the house of the Lord, if you will. The church, which is the house of God, the pillar and ground of the truth, First Timothy 3.15, and we assemble here tonight in what we affectionately refer to as the Lord's house or when the church comes together, in the house of the Lord. Now, wives and mamas, it may be like husbands and daddies this morning. Maybe instead of renewal, we need to talk to you about some repenting. You know, women are strong. They can win a husband to Christ without the word. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. But on the other hand, I've known women to do a lot of harm because there are times they simply will not be quiet or deal with something that they should not bring forth. We all fell in that. James 3 says that. But dear ladies, tonight, will it be renewal or will it be repentance? Are there things you need to make right? Sometimes you are wrong with how you live and what you do. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Again, Romans 3.23. Notice with me tonight from this phrase some things that I believe will help us, help our wives, help our mamas, because they matter, because your family matters. She went up to the house of the Lord, number one, and she was an example to her husband. If you were to peruse in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 19, and chapter 2 and verse 19, Hannah attended worship with him. She attended with Elkanah. She kept her vow concerning Samuel to give him back to the Lord. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 11, verse 22 and 23. She did two simple things. She tended to her husband, she tended to Samuel, she went up to the house of the Lord and was a proper example. I have known women that have worshipped for years, a couple we may talk about tonight, that one day the husband finally came around and obeyed the gospel. I have known women to have a great influence in the lives of young preachers with encouraging words and strength unlike anything before. Ladies, you cannot go wrong coming to the house of the Lord. You cannot go wrong bringing your children to the house of the Lord. That's going to be number two in a moment. But when you think about good, faithful Christian women and you look throughout the Scripture I love Proverbs 31, 11, speaks of the virtuous woman, and one of her virtues is her husband's heart. Trust her. In other words, she has his heart in her hand. He trusts her. In Acts 18, in verse 26, Aquila and Priscilla were excellent co-workers. 
Together they spoke to that young gentleman Apollos and taught him the way of God more perfectly when he was teaching the baptism of John instead of the baptism of Christ. How about in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2 that we mentioned moments ago that to the ladies, any of you without the word can win their husband to Christ because of the example that she brings forth and what she does. Good sister, if you're going to win your husband to Christ, you've got to hold to your faith. You've got to stay with it and let him know that means more to you than anything in the world. Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, number one. You go with your husband as an example and you all be together in the house of the Lord. We addressed him this morning. We're addressing you tonight. Number two, ties in with it. She went up to the house of the Lord and took her children, specifically Samuel chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. She made that promise unto the Lord and took Samuel back and gave him in service to the Lord. In 1 Timothy 5, 14, mothers are instructed to guide the house. And Timothy could readily recall a mother that taught him that unfeigned faith, that pure, clean faith, 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 1, 5. And by doing so would teach him the scriptures, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. They knew what homeschooling was before homeschooling became popular. They knew what it took to instruct there in that house. These original homeschoolers, if you will. Renita would share with me how her mother, that's my wife, Renita, how her mother would teach her little songs growing up. And to this day, although my mother-in-law's mind, sometimes she can forget what she asked you five minutes ago. It's amazing how hymns can come to her mind or songs that she can sit right there and sing along with Renita. It's some of the prettiest sounds that you would ever hear. And you know, may the aged women teach the younger women to love their children. Titus 2, 3, and 4. You see, there's something special when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, kept her vow, and took Samuel. Mothers, there's nothing more beautiful than to be in the house of the Lord as an example to your husband and to bring your children. There are times children have their moments. I know that. I have seen some classics. I have heard youngins yell, no mommy, no mommy. I've heard youngins yell, pray for me. I have known situations to arise, but look, they're little. They're little. They're learning. Cut them some slack. I tell you what, I'd rather hear the natives restless in a congregation than not hear any at all. They'll be all right. They'll get it. May I give you a couple of observations? Sometimes when the young'un's having a hard time, we take them out. Do you ever notice how quiet they get when you get up with them? They'll play you. You take them out, you settle them down, and you bring them back. They'll get it. They'll get it. Bring them back. Don't be gone long. Bring them back. Number two. Now, I've got to talk a little bit about you here, Senator Grove. 
This, I believe, is the only time I have seen a four-section layout in a building this size. Therefore, the pews are a little smaller. And I see there's a whole lot of families that do matter because y'all are packed in like sardines on some of these pews. And you're going to take a two-year-old and put him in amongst five grown adults and expect that young'un to sit still? Now look, I realize that I'm about to speak the language of Ashdod, but look, why don't you move from where you've been sitting all these years? Move up a pew, spread out and give that young'un a little cushion room to move a little. And you might be surprised how well that child can do. Now don't let him crawl from the back to the front under the pews or anything, but give him a little cushion. I've noticed when you try to restrain them, it gets hard sometimes. I'll tell you, folks, I've seen some classics, and it's tough. And I'll tell you, the best thing that you can do to help your children in the assembly is have Bible time with them at home every night. Sometimes it could be five to ten minutes, but it's a time to where we're going to talk about the Lord and the Bible and as they get accustomed to sitting and paying attention at the house every night, it becomes easier to sit and pay attention during the worship hour. It is amazing the effect. We have a track that I share through our work at International Gospel Hour. I'll send it to you. Give me your email and I'll send it to you. How to do Bible time at your home. It's not work that I did. It's work that a uh, young man did, he and his wife, at the Eastside Congregation. Mike, I know you remember Wesley Skelton. And he did a, did a great job with that track. Now I'll make that available to you. Here's the fourth thing. When children enter in assemblies, don't let them draw. Let them write down Scripture. When the preacher, Brother John, Brother Ronald, mentions a scripture, tell them to write that scripture down. If they haven't learned to write, tell them to put a mark down. Every time you hear the word Jesus, every time you hear the word God, every time you hear the word Bible, some key words or whatever, John may help, Ronald may help, give you the key words. Children will sit there on edge, ready to mark down when they hear the preacher say that key word. Engage our children within that. And then, mamas, you will have one of the greatest tributes ever paid to you when in Proverbs 31, 28, they will rise up and call you blessed. You know, mamas teach us a lot of wonderful things. Somebody penned the following, My mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, Young and you better pray the stain will come out of that carpet. My mother taught me logic from her decisive words. Because I said so, that's why. You know, that still works today. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Now, I took my mama on with that one one time. I said, Mama, if an EMT comes up and I'm laying there bleeding and bloody to death, and he looks down and says, I am not doing a thing for that man because he does not have on clean underwear. I don't want that EMT near me. Focus on what I've got. My mother taught me irony. Keep laughing, youngin', and I'll give you something to cry about. 
My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit right there till you eat every bite of that spinach. My mother taught me about weather. Young and it looks like a tornado swept through your room. My mother taught me the circle of life. Young and I brought you into this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your daddy. Uh-huh, that didn't hit close to home, didn't it, over here? Didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that didn't hit close to home over here. I cannot believe Alabama fan in an amen corner. <laughs> Alabama fan needs to be in an amen corner. <laughs> My mother taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have a wonderful mama like you got, boy. Now, we can listen to that and we can have some humor. But let me, let me stop. Work with me here, adults. Nod your heads with me. Didn't I bring up a few things that took back your memories to your mom and daddy who've been long gone, but you sure are thankful that they taught you the basic simple things that made you what you are? And I dare say it was probably more so mama who got in the home and would teach you those things and daddy made sure it was done. You know, the best thing that your daddy ever did was pick that woman to be your mama. Number three, Hannah went up to the house of the Lord because she was a praying woman. When you look in chapter 1 in verse 10, in verse 12, in verse 26 and 27, go into chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, you find where Hannah was a praying woman. And verse 15 of chapter 1 says that she took a poured out soul. Poured out. You know, when Jesus began teaching the Beatitudes, those wonderful pointers to Pentecost, the first words out of his mouth was, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, you wonder how in the world could you be poor? Jesus could not have begun the Beatitudes with a better phrase than that right there by inspiration. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How can the poor in spirit be blessed? Because you have an utter dependence upon God at that point in your life. You are empty and you don't have any answers. Poor in spirit. There is nothing there. You are rock bottom and there's nowhere to go but up. And when you're rock bottom and you realize you are there and you've done everything that you possibly know, you realize you can't do anymore and you realize the more you're doing, you're not the answer. And when you're poor in spirit, you cry unto the one who will feel that spirit, who will feel that, and that is Jesus Christ. What did Hannah do here to God? She poured out her soul to God for a child. She was poor in spirit, poured out her soul. Mamas, have you ever poured out your soul to God? Men, have you ever poured out your soul to God? Are you thankful to have a woman who loves her Lord, who pours out her soul, who prays for her husband, who prays for her children, who prays for her little ones to grow up one day and find their mate? 
And you're thinking, well, they're just little. That's too early. I'm going to tell you something. Folks, it took me 45 years to get from age 1 to age 16. It has taken me 12 years to go from age 16 to 61. We sing it from time to time, and the hymn writer was so correct. Time is now fleeting. The moments are passing. Time goes fast. Time does not slow down. You ever look around? You ever look around and where in the world did time go? That little one you're holding is going to be grown and gone before you know it. Talk to me, a lot of you folks whose youngins been grown and gone for years. It was just like yesterday, was it not? How quick time goes. And Hannah prayed, poured out her soul as poor in spirit. What do we read in 1 Peter 5, 7? Cast your care upon Him. In Matthew 7, verses 6 and 7, whatever we ask of Him, with the assurance that He hears us, 1 Peter 3, 12. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. There's nothing sweeter than a praying woman who prays for her family, prays for herself. Sometimes she may say, Lord, I've done all I know to do, and she'll call upon the Lord, and He helps her along life's way. Hannah went up to the house of the Lord because she was a praying woman. An example to her husband, an example to her children, and a praying woman. The strength they're in. How about the fourth one? Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, and we note this, to obey God's will. When we go to chapter 2 and verse 1 of 1 Samuel, she rejoiced in the Lord's salvation. At the end of the book of Habakkuk in chapter 3 and verse 18, yes, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. She was obedient to the will of God. And there's nothing stronger than that woman that's obedient to the will of God. And as we noted moments ago, mentioning 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, a woman that without the word can win her husband to the Lord. When she's that example before the Lord, she'll take her children before the Lord, she will pray before the Lord, she's obedient to His will, she's the kind of woman that, fellas, you want to take home to mama, and you're thankful that she is the mama to your children and the wife that she is to you and made you what you are in many ways and made you. Many of you men are sitting here tonight because of that woman sitting to beside you who came for a number of years while you sat home. Brother George Darling has passed from this life for a number of years. Well, he was well known in the state of California. Gospel preacher and baptized many. But life didn't begin that way for him. He married a good godly Christian woman who would go to worship. And when the baby came, she would take that baby to worship. And he would not go with her. He did not want to have anything to do with the church. And he tried to discourage her, and so one morning he went out, 
I'm going back, turning back clocks when you could work on a car engine and not have to have a master's degree in computers like today. He went out and he pulled the hot wire off, the distributor cap wire, pulled the hot wire off where she couldn't go. Went back in the house, figured the car wouldn't start, that would discourage her. He noticed things were rather quiet. He went out. He put the hot wire back on. He got in the car driving down the street. She was walking to worship carrying that baby. He stopped. He picked her up. He then told her what he had done and he apologized. And he took her to worship. Then he started taking her to worship and he let her out. He'd go back home. Then he got to thinking... There's no sense in driving back home, so he'd wait on her. Then he realized, why should I wait out here in this California sun? And he went in. Because of Sister Darling's persistence and her faith, George Darling became a gospel preacher and again baptized thousands and was well known for his soundness. It was one Saturday night that a man at age 69 stepped in and looked at his wife and said, Mother, lay me out some clothes. I'm going to church with you in the morning. Her sister was sitting there with her and she looked at her and she said, Did I hear what I just thought I heard? She said, I think so. Sometime later, that 69-year-old man was baptized by his son who is standing before you tonight. I grew up in a household where daddy didn't go. Daddy made me go with mama. Daddy would not take any other answer. There were times that I did question why didn't he go? He said, you do as I say. Not as I do. Now, we can see where that can have a lot shot through it, folks, and it can. But when that is your daddy and your mama and they say, this is what you do, you can debate it all you want. But when it all is said and done, you're going to do. Yes, sir. My mother's Constant persistence in worship and attendance made that difference in daddy's life. He said, I knew what I needed to do, but what if she would have given up? Would he have gone in and say, lay out your clothes, lay out some clothes for me, mother? I'm going with you if she wasn't going to go. When you and I look within the scripture, dear friends, the wife, the mother, has a tremendous strength and a tremendous blessing. Husband, she's under a lot. Let us make certain, as we talked about this morning, let's make certain that we spot the weights that we lift, that we're each other's spotter to help each other get to heaven. You've been very patient with me tonight. You love the things that be of God. So I wish to ask you tonight, Hannah went up to the house of the Lord with the right example. May I ask you a question, dear brother, dear sister? 
Dear sister, specifically tonight, but it applies to us all. Are you the example that you are supposed to be? Could the problem in the household be not the husband, not the children, but some things that a mama needs to work on? To grow in her faith, to be a better example, to be a strength to her husband, to be an encourager and not a nagger, to be one that will help that man get to heaven and help children get to heaven. What's your example like in your household? I ask this with all grace. Could you be the problem? Could you be why your house is not the house it needs to be? No, I don't know that. But I do want to challenge us tonight. Hannah kept asking. Hannah kept looking till Hannah got it right. And the Lord remembered her. And the Lord will remember you. Dear sister, if you need to get things right tonight, you need prayers of strength to help you endure, to hold up under, and to help with what you're facing. You have a family here, the spiritual family, the church, that will pray with you and pray for you. Children, talk more about you tomorrow night, but are you the example you should be before your mother? Are you encouraging her and thankful for what she is? Husbands, are you encouraging her? The Lord's invitation is open for everyone, to anyone who will move on their faith tonight and will finally come to a repentance of sins and confessing their faith will be baptized into Christ tonight. If you leave without doing that, you will leave lost. You will not leave ignorant. You will leave lost you will leave taking a chance with your life that morning may not come, but eternity will. If you've had yet to obey the gospel of Christ, whether whatever age you might be and you know what you need to do, you need to obey the gospel tonight. Dear sister, specifically, can we be of help to you? Will you make your life right?